Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live and local here on your community radio, WDBX 91.1 FM. Yes, we are community radio for Southern Illinois, which you may actually know if you're tuning in today. If you didn't, though, welcome. All right, let's see what we've got in the news today. Uh, or Denijuman is off on another one of his adventures. He uh, he may call in at some point today. He is out of town, though, so he's not physically here in the studio. But we will carry on with our usual conglomeration of news and happenings and holidays and general wackiness. All right, first, though, as we often do, we're going to start with the really serious stuff. So we've got two articles here about the Philippines. <clears throat> first one is, the Philippines climate negotiator makes emotional plea at COP9. Excuse me, COP19 involves hunger strike. As the Philippines reeled in the wake of Typhoon Haiyan on Monday, climate negotiators from the island nation made an emotional statement at the UN climate talks in Warsaw that met with a standing ovation. In an address to the convention captured on YouTube, Nadira Yabsanyo said that the suffering of the people in the Philippines should motivate the delegates to make this year's climate talks actually count. Quote, The devastation is staggering. I struggle to find words even for the images that we see in the news coverage. And I struggle to find words to describe how I feel about the losses. Up to this hour, I agonize waiting for word that of the fate of my very own relatives, Sanyo said, voice breaking as he began to tear up. I speak for my delegation, but I speak for the countless people who will no longer be able to speak for themselves after perishing from the storm. I speak also for those who have or been orphaned by the storm. I speak for the people now racing against time to save survivors and alleviate the suffering of the people affected. We can take drastic action now to ensure that we prevent a future where super typhoons become a way of life. Sonia also pledged that he would refrain from eating at the convention and until, quote, a meaningful outcome is in sight. We can fix this, he said during closing. We can stop this madness. The room erupted into applause as he wiped the tears from his face. Now, it's been really touching to me hearing the stories from there. You know, these disasters are always something to be sad about and to try to send aid, relief to. But uh, with all these superstorms happening, it's, you can never really tie for sure any one superstorm to the effects of climate change. But as a general rule, climate change creates a world where more of these types of storms happen. So he's making an impassioned plea for us to do something so that our children won't have to live in a future where the superstorm is the norm.
Okay, now a little bit more about the storm itself. Philippines faces nightmare recovery in Haiyan's wake. A difficult recovery effort, hampered by security threats, bottlenecks, and an almost complete lack of communications, is still in its infancy in the Philippines, four days after a powerful typhoon plowed through the country. Super Typhoon Haiyan, also known locally as Yolanda, made landfall several times on Friday, last Friday that is, leaving in its wake up to 10,000 casualties. This is a figure that comes from local officials on the island of Lete and is reported by Associated Press, but the official Philippine government count is still lower. It's in a, in a moment like this, they're really focusing more on saving lives rather than figuring out how many exactly have been lost. The Joint Typhoon Warning Center data reported sustained winds approaching 195 miles per hour, three hours before landfall, <coughs> Excuse me, with gusts of up to 235 miles per hour. Now that's hard to imagine, like our fastest cars can't go anywhere near that fast, so the wind was going twice as fast as a car and just slamming into everything. Stunningly scary footage captured by CCTV Weather Channel team during high in sight shows damaging storm surges ripping buildings apart like a tsunami. The storm made landfall again in Vietnam on Monday morning local time. The Philippines, a group of more than 7,100 islands, is no stranger to tropical cyclones. This is the 24th one just this year. And just as more than 9.5 million people who were in the storm's path survey the damage and locate loved ones, the country is facing another tropical depression, Zoraida. Quote, We've always, we're always between two typhoons. The farther we are from the previous one, the nearer we are to the next one, said Amelie Abusan, a Greenpeace climate campaigner in the Philippines by phone. Now it seems like a very cruel joke. Every year, every super typhoon is much stronger than the previous year. And that's the big concern with storms like these. You know, the Philippines has known its share of typhoons, but if climate change as a general rule is making typhoons more intense, then that creates a lot of problems for people in areas where they happen on a regular basis. So there are a lot of ways to support the the survivors of the typhoon. Uh, there's the International Red Cross is one of the big ways that people are doing. There's also at 350.org, since they're covering the climate angle of it, they're also trying to find ways to send aid to people in the Philippines who are in need of aid. So if you check those out, you will find ways to help. There are also local efforts being organized. I haven't had anyone send me the details yet, but keep an eye out locally for several fundraising events to send aid to people of the Philippines. All right, let's have some other news. This is still climate-related, but in a different part of the world. That's right, it's from right here in the United States. Denial dries up. Americans are finally seeing the light on climate change. 
It looks like Fox News and Congress are becoming ever more intellectually isolated from the American people, perched together on a sinking island of climate denialism. I like the poetic imagery they're getting into there. Stanford University professor John Krosnick led analysis of more than a decade's worth of poll results for 46 states. The results show that the majority of residents of all of those states, whether they be red or blue, are united in their worries about the climate and in their desire for the government to take climate action. Quote, To me, the most striking finding that is new today was that we could not find a single state in the country where climate skepticism was in the majority, Krosnick told The Guardian. Now, I'd like to mention that again, just to clarify and emphasize. Out of all of the states they had enough data for, in every single state, the majority of people were aware that climate change is real and said so in the poll. So, some more statistics along those lines. In every state that they surveyed, at least three-quarters of the residents are aware that climate change is happening. That's three-quarters in every state. At least two-thirds want the government to limit greenhouse gas emissions from businesses. At least 62% want regulations that cut carbon pollution from power plants. And at least half want the U.S. to take action to fight climate change, even if other countries do not. That seems like a clear mandate from the American people. And if you sign up for our newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, we can send you the map, because we still haven't found a way to beam that to you over the radio waves. But it's very stark and striking to see all of these states, even some of the southern states that you may have a stereotype, oh, they have conservative views on climate change. No, a majority of people in those states, too, do in fact believe that climate change is real and want to do something about it. Here's another quote. These polls are further proof that the American people are awake to the threat of climate change and have not been taken in by the polluting industry's conspiracy of denial, said Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, one of the co-chairs of a Congressional Climate Change Task Force. Quote, Now it's time for Congress to wake up and face the facts. Climate change is real. It's hurting our people, our economy, and our planet. And we have to do something about it. Those are some... Pretty wise words from someone who's who's in the Senate. Uh, that that happens occasionally, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I suppose when over half of the country is aware of climate change and its problems that are created for our society, even senators start saying insightful things. <laughs> In other news, the U.S. says that poor countries who are calling for climate change compensation could screw up the climate treaty process. The U.N. climate treaty process, hatched in the 90s, was intended to fight the looming threat of climate change. But as climate negotiators meet in Warsaw this month to develop a successor to the Kyoto Protocol, they're doing so not under the looming threat of climate change, they're doing so in a world currently being throttled by climate change. 
that change in the weather is changing the tone of the negotiations. And it's doing so in a way that some say is a distraction from the original purpose of the treaty process, which was to try to arrest climate change. No longer are poor countries asking rich ones merely to shoulder the financial burden of reducing emissions. In past talks, wealthy countries committed to pouring $100 billion a year by 2020 into the new Green Climate Fund. Now developing countries are also demanding compensation for loss and damage caused by climate change, such as the typhoon that just ravaged the Philippines. Now, to me, that makes a certain degree of sense. If your nation has taken actions which are responsible for the situation, then you may have a, a role to play in mitigating the results. You know, actions have consequences, and you may have to take care of the consequences of your own actions. But they're having some very contentious negotiations over there as they try to figure out just how much each country is going to do to respond to climate change. Whatever the situation, though, hopefully each country will find ways to do something because the situation doesn't seem to be getting any better on its own. So they are negotiating right now. If you'd like your representatives and senators and everyone else in the government to know how you feel, you can go ahead and contact them about that. They, they may actually respond to public comments. I mean, I, there's, going into this negotiation... There were thoughts that, oh, this may not actually accomplish too much. These negotiations seem to never accomplish all that much. But if people raise a ruckus and let their representatives know what they believe, they can pass that on to the U.S. delegates. In other news, is it hot in here or is it just me? Well, it looks like the Arctic has been heating up even faster than we thought. Exhaustive efforts to calculate temperatures around the world based on satellite and weather station data may have missed a spot. That's right, they may have missed the Arctic. The area around the North Pole is warming faster than anywhere else in the world, but there's been a shortage of temperature data from the region. I guess it's kind of hard to get there sometimes and to sustain observations there. New research suggests that efforts to fill in those data gaps over the last 16 years using calculations and assumptions have in fact underestimated the rate at which the temperatures are rising. That could help explain why the apparent increases in global temperatures have been slightly lower than were forecast by climate models and slightly lower than they had been the case before 1997. So, as always, science is continuing to try to understand the situation ever more clearly. And it's we always try to keep up on the details of that. The overall picture is still climate change is real and is having an impact on our society. other news, here's something from the urban green sector. A little bit of 
green things going on in the cities. We like to talk about those occasionally because, you know, maybe cities can actually become sustainable someday. Some are working on it. Here's a little tidbit from that. The basement of this vacant house is now an urban greenhouse. Cleveland's BioCellar, a new type of urban farming project, started as a vacant house. But Neighborhood Solutions, a local nonprofit, had a plan for that house. So when it was torn down, the basement was left intact. Now there's a greenhouse being built on top and plans for crops to be grown in the basement. Fast Coexist explains, why a cellar? At depths below four feet, the ground stays at a constant temperature. So even in the middle of a harsh Cleveland winter, the room won't get colder than 50 degrees. With light flooding in from the glass roof above, food can be grown year-round. Also, it's run on solar. So this is, this is an exciting idea. I like these little creative green technologies that you can apply in cities, especially something like this where there was a resource that was going to go to waste. It's an abandoned house. No one's going to use it. It could just take up space or it could just create a lot of waste. But they did what they could to turn it into a green space. And now there's going to be a garden in the city. And we know we could certainly use more of those. We've got one more news story here. This one's a little bit about fracking. Now, we'll likely have a big news week next week related to fracking because here in Illinois today, as we speak, they're releasing a draft of rules for how fracking regulation will be managed in the state of Illinois. And it will take us, it will take us a few days to get that information and review it. But there will be a hearing coming up. We'll have more reports on that as they come in once we know the exact date. And people who have thoughts about fracking and how it should be handled in Illinois will be invited to submit public comments and attend the hearings. We'll definitely have more news on that as it comes in. In the meantime, this is more of an interesting uh, sort of personal interest, human interest story about fracking. There's someone new in the anti-fracking movement who you may have heard of. Uh, it's the Pope. Apparently, the Pope opposes fracking. Now, there haven't been any official press releases about this yet. It is speculated that he is working on something along those lines. But the photos have started pouring in. And this story is titled, Divine Intervention, Pope Opposes Fracking. The worldwide leader of the Catholic Church, none other than the Pope himself, has come out in opposition to the worldwide scourge of hydraulic fracturing. Okay, so the Pope, Fran Pope Francis didn't exactly make an official policy statement, or speech denouncing fracking, but hints have emerged that he might do so very soon. And Twitter is afire with pictures of His Holiness holding up anti-fracking t-shirts. These pictures were taken Monday following meetings with the Argentinians dealing with environmental issues. Now, it's, it's great. I don't think there's ever going to be a picture of uh, the Pope wearing political t-shirts, but he's holding this t-shirt over his chest and it says, No all fracking. You know, no to fracking. So... 
I mean, the fact that he did a photo op like that is probably an indication of what he may feel. He's at least feeling glad that, of the generosity of the environmental activists who gave him that T-shirt. So, the Pope talking about fracking. All right, let's talk about some holidays. Holidays we've got coming up this week. America Recycles Day. Today is also I Love to Write Day. I do love to write. I love to write every day. But I sometimes forget, so I will do my best to write something today. Other than, you know, emails and such. Do some writing on my next novel. It's also the birthday of Georgia O'Keeffe, the artist. Other holidays coming up. The UN International Day for Tolerance is coming up on Saturday. The Great American Smokeout is on Sunday. I believe that's the time when people start their quitting of smoking. And I, I'm not pushy to people about this. I believe in people making their own life decisions. But if anyone wants to quit smoking and wants support in that, they can feel free to talk to me and I can direct them to all the resources and all the people who have quit um, in favor of people living healthy so they can live as long as they can. Monday is Married to a Scorpio Support Day. So if you're married to a Scorpio, you can get some support. It's also the birthday of Mickey Mouse. Strange that cartoon characters have birthdays, but I suppose they do. Let's see. Wednesday is Name Your PC Day. So if your computer doesn't have a name yet, you can go ahead and give it one. My computer has a name, but I've got to keep that top secret, because if you know the true name of your computer, you can have power over it. And coming up on Thursday, it's UN World Television Day. I guess there's a day for everything, and World Television Day is coming up on Thursday. <laughs> so in case you haven't seen a TV all year, I know it's unlikely, but if you haven't, uh, Thursday is your one day to celebrate television. All right, let's mention some community happenings. I've heard that there are things happening in Southern Illinois. Imagine that. One of them is a regular weekly happening we mention sometimes here on Your Community Spirit. It's open mic nights every Friday from 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. I'm actually probably going to make it out to that tonight, so I may see you there. That's tonight at 7 p.m. at Guy House. Coming up on Saturday, that's tomorrow, we have two farmer's markets. We're very fortunate in Carbondale to have two farmer's markets with all sorts of local produce and goodies. First one is from 8 a.m. to noon at the West Town Mall parking lot in Carbondale. Now it's getting pretty cold. It's almost the end of November, so they'll be wrapping up very soon. But you get one more chance to get out there while the getting's good. Also coming up tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., is the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market over at Carbondale Community High School. Now, that is still going on. They've moved inside to keep a little warm, which, ironically, it's going to be kind of uh, kind of warm outside this Saturday, but they're preparing for the hard cold of winter. So they're going to be indoors, but still at Carbondale Community High School on Saturday.
some other events coming up this weekend. We have the Fall Bulb Planting in downtown Carbondale. It's coming up tomorrow from 9 a.m. to noon in downtown Carbondale. Uh, this is going to be, it's sponsored by Carbondale Main Street. It's an opportunity to plant bulbs in the downtown district of Carbondale. For all the details, you can call 618-529-8040. Also this weekend is a Green Earth Work Day. That's happening today, or excuse me, uh, Saturday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Green Earth Work Days are on the third Saturday of each month from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at a different Green Earth Preserve in Carbondale. For the details, you can contact Stephanie at 618-201-3774. That will give you a chance to confirm the location they're picking for this weekend and to pre-register for the event. This includes things like trail maintenance or habitat management projects. Basically, you get to go out there and enjoy the beauty of green earth and do a little bit to help keep it in good shape. Also coming up this weekend, speaking of time outdoors, it's the Shawnee Volunteer Corps Trail Work Days. They're meeting on Saturday at Garden of the Gods from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for trail maintenance and on Sunday at Panther Den for trail construction from 10 a.m. to 3. But you must call the pre-register if you'd like to participate in this. The number is 618-833-8576, extension 106. And if you're an SIU student, this qualifies for SIU Environmental Ambassador hours. Also this weekend, the holidays are coming up. There are many winter holidays out there. Whichever ones you celebrate, you can create holiday cards that are recycled for these holidays. There's going to be a holiday card recycling event coming up tomorrow. Children and adults are welcome to create new holiday cards from old ones. Keep Carbondale Beautiful has arranged for volunteers to be on hand at the Carbondale Life Community Center from 1 to 3 p.m. That's located at 2500 West Sunset. They'll also be at the Carbondale Public Library at 405 West Main from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. They went around and collected holiday cards last January at the end of the season, and they removed the backs of them so you can reuse the fronts for anything like new cards, gift tags, tree ornaments, whatever you like. For more information, you can call Keep Carbondale Beautiful at 525-5525 or email keepcb1326 at gmail.com. Do another one or two of these quickly. The Full Moon Ceremony and Teaching Circle is coming up on Monday at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. That's part of their Be the Change series. Their spiritual theme for this week, or excuse me, this month, is Native American traditions. So the Native American Church is inviting the public to attend the event at 7 p.m. on Monday at Guy House. Coming up on Tuesday is an interfaith event, Carbondale and Thanksgiving. This is a big public event inviting all people of all faiths to give thanks for the good in their lives. This is coming up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the First Christian Church, 306 West Monroe in Carbondale. The Thanksgiving address this year will be given by Chancellor Rita Chang. There will also be uh, prayers, readings, and reflections from many area faith groups. And finally, we'll do one more here. Vegetarian Thanksgiving is coming up next Thursday from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. This year's Vegetarian Thanksgiving is a potluck, so be sure to bring whatever goodies you have to share with the community and come and sample what others have brought to the table. 
For more information, you can call 618-549-7387. All right, this has once again been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I hope you've enjoyed it at least as much as I have. Uh, it's pretty nice out there. It's not too bad for a late November day. So I hope you have a good week, and we will see you here next week on the radio.